2: 18 plus. Talking to Mike Vaccaro, the preeminent columnist with the New York Post. There's an article here, and I thought I would see your byline on it. It's not. It was written by a gentleman named Ian O'Connor, the most misunderstood person in sports. A big two-page spread on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> And uh, my question would be, is he misunderstood or Meshugganah, in your opinion, uh, with your contact with Kyrie Irving so far?
0: I think the answer to that would be
1: yes.
2: Glenn <laughs> um, Robbins. We go back to thinking, uh, you know, how rough it was even when the Nets were prospering a little bit. You had Jamana Kidd out there cursing out Jason Kidd. <laughs> and uh, rooting for the Nets to lose as she sat courtside <laughs> there uh, holding that young child. Uh, which, uh, you know, it was a particularly ugly incident that left an indelible impression with me.
0: Very, very impressive insight about um, Juana kids. Um, most NBA players now have the Juana clause in their marriages. Um, <laughs> at the first sign of marital strife, you're not allowed into the arena. Um, yeah, unless it, especially not
2: courtside <laughs> there. Exactly. Yeah, you're sitting in unless the Jack Nicholson message. seats with Spike Lee.
3: Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post I had a very interesting article in the New York Post recently talking about curses. We talk about curses all the time, and in sports, usually fan bases that revolve around curses are very beleaguered. How have New York fans, how are they handling all the success from their basketball team?
1: I'm not quite sure I know how to
0: respond. <laughs> I mean, it's different to walk around and not see people just want to be mad all the time. <laughs>
2: I couldn't help but think that the curse was there, and there were signs of the curse, which you have to look for in matters of the occult. You have to see through the cracks a little bit. Uh, I couldn't help but think of the image of Jemana Kidd cursing him out and rooting <laughs> against him. As she was sitting there uh, ho- holding uh, their son, and uh, there was Kidd uh, out there on the court, and uh, she's screaming, I miss it, miss it, Jason, you're a bum. You know, those are elements that can only come about, yeah, things are circumstances that can only come out of the occult. There is an element of slapstick that goes,
1: that dovetails nicely with the occult. And that's what makes the net so irresistible these last 45
3: years. <laughs> well put. The time! Wake up with Defo, Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defo Show.
2: Valley Sports Florida's fine announcer, Jessica Blaylock with us here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone. Is Luby out of his mind for recommending that Knights start tonight in the pipes in order to gain playoff experience <laughs> while facing elimination? which had Toe Blake rolling yes. over in his grave. I have that. Uh, there was like a seismic uh, uh, yes impact <laughs> uh, somewhere in Canada. And you think Luby's crazy? Sure about she said yes experience. in the middle of the question. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, okay.
3: okay. No, I,
0: I don't think that's crazy. And in fact, no? I, I really? Surprise. I, I don't think that's crazy. I Wait a minute. I need oxygen, me. Jessica. Are you kidding ready. me? Do you agree with this guy like he's not
2: <laughs> sharing? I mean,
0: I, yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, it's, it's an elimination game. Why not? I think even though Joel Quenville didn't announce a starter, yes, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world to think that there's a chance that Spencer Knight could get to start tonight. Wow.
2: wow. Yeah,
1: I don't, think it's, I don't think it's crazy.
2: I was thinking maybe the Beezer uh, you know, would be a better option <laughs> <laughs> at
1: this point. Maroon in front, big save, Spencer Knight. He robs Ross Colton right on the doorstep. Markov pulls that one back behind the net. Lost. Colton is after it and Colton comes in front. Knight made the save. Board work here off the draw. They get it to Hedman. Now he feeds and the shot saved by Knight and then another one on Maroon. Spencer Knight with two huge stops to keep it in a 3-1 game. Point picks it up. Centering feed Kucherov. Johnson speeds in, Johnson moves, looking out in front, Knight got a stick on it. Here's Johnson again for Hedman, big blast, he hit the post. 20 to go in regulation, loose at center, Hornquist, the Toronto, bingo! We'll see you Wednesday in Tampa for game six. We'll go to game six, 36 saves by Spencer Knight.
2: Holy oh, Jockerman, man. That was great. Good stuff there, Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, we were splitting hairs, a matter of semantics, yesterday when you wildly suggested that Joel Quenville would pull a Joe Philbin. And I don't know if he mentioned this after the game in a postgame press conference, uh, which had to feature a, a jubil, jubilant uh, Joel Quenville. After uh, staving off elimination, making the move there to uh, the 20-year-old Spencer Knight in the pipes over the $70 million man, Sergei Bobrovsky. And, of course, uh, Drieger, who have been also uh, very good uh, all throughout the season. Very good doesn't get it done in the uh, postseason, though, in the NHL, if you're talking about goaltending. You need that guy that's going to take off. Could we have lit a torch last night? Was a star born last night. But uh, you, you were talking about playoff experience. I can't imagine that Joel Quenville said... Well, I wanted to get the kids some playoff experience because you never know. I mean, this was a team that hadn't been in the playoffs in like 20 years. <laughs> Once. They're not, uh, you know, fishing around for playoff experience at this point to try and groom some rookie. But uh, the kid had looked real good in, in his four games in a regular season. The other guys were human sieves. And so, like, Joel <laughs> quenville No, in the NHL, I mean, they will make a move like that. that. That's a radical move in a lot of ways. You're paying a guy $10 million a year for the next, seven I mean, for five more seasons after this one, right? Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, imagine that. I know Vinny Viola's not going to miss the money. It might cost him maybe another Triple Crown winner. I bet he would be upset about that if he looked at it that way, right? He could have put uh, that $10 million into a racehorse. Could have then come up with the Green Monkey also. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what he <laughs> did. Uh, the Green Monkey, of course, a famous horse that uh, sold for $8 million and uh, never won a race, Mike Luby-Lubitz. Never won a race. Flamed out. I mean, they tried to write races. Uh, the racing secretary was trying to find any way to get this horse a win. They shipped him out to like Finger Lakes or some uh, dirt bag track like that. I don't know if it's a dirt bag track, but uh, it's out there in the country somewhere. Competition not as severe as it is at Gulfstream or any of the major circuits. And the horse couldn't win. It would come like fourth in a four-horse field. Now, um, you know what? He hit the board today. He ran third, but there were only like three horses in the race. Anyway, uh, Quenville could have bombed out though, with this move. It could have been uh, one of those disastrous decisions. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to uh, call it a Kevin Cash. And, and it, it did look bad there at the very beginning. Yes. Because you're thinking, if anything is going to kill this kid, it's nerves. But uh, the man, I feel like Dennis Hopper talking about Colonel Kurtzman. <laughs> the man is the man. I mean, uh, you talk about nerves of steel. If That kid was out there having a good time last night in an elimination first-round Stanley Cup playoff game uh, with the hopes and dreams uh, of a rabid, I mean, just uh, congratulations to the people that went to that game. Kind of made it great even on TV, did they not, to have a South Florida crowd? Man, can we jump on a bandwagon? But it was encouraging. I mean, did you see the composition of the crowd there, Luby? Were you watching? I mean, it was a lot of young people. Yes. Little kids getting excited about this game where, uh, wow, I mean, did they not give it their all? When uh, everything is on a line. I know that sounds very uh, Schwarzkopf-esque and, uh, you know, laced with cliches. But uh, the NHL, when you watch the playoffs, it's it uh, it's a whole different a whole different breed. You don't see teams showing up like the Heat did last night, where they just look like they're uh, completely out of gas and disinterested. How long were the Heat uh, in that game? For about three never, minutes?
3: Never. Not even. Within the first two minutes, they were down 10-2. to 2. They were never in that game. It was amazing wow. to see a team not show up. From the beginning to the end, in the playoffs. I
2: jumped in the car, and uh, I'm listening on the radio. Just, uh, you know, I'm flipping around trying to get a score. I Actually, I, I caught the uh, twin bill there, where uh, as soon as I flicked on the car radio, the lightning scored on the first shot. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Why is this night different from all other nights? Exactly. <laughs> it's not. The Panthers are going to get shelled. By the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, then I flip over, and it was another Milwaukee Bre- uh, Bucks, uh, almost said Brewers, Bucks three. And it was just absolutely, I mean, like one three run homer after another. Incredible. Uh, they ended up shooting 15 of 29 from three point range, the Bucks. Uh, and this, in contrast, see, what was that first game deceptive for the wrong reasons, Mike Luby Lubitz, going back to yesterday's yes. Luby's Law and yes. a lesson in, uh, you know, kind of moral victories, I guess you were talking about? Yes. Yes. Where you know, and and you would have to say that that the Heat playing very poorly in game number one to lose by two on a buzzer beater in overtime, on a real tough shot that was well defended by Chris Middleton, that uh, you you would have to think that was a good omen for the Miami Heat in the series. That yes, indeed, they do have the Bucks number, but uh, last night the Bucks number was 132. (laughs) (laughs) They made 20. Yeah, your blood pressure's going down since you've been on the medication. It's 132 over 98. That that wouldn't be a bad number, right? I guess the 98's a little high, Louie, but uh, such ugliness—that's that, the only way you could describe that. This uh, kid Forbes ends up with 22 points on six three-pointers. The Greek did his thing: 31, 13, and six in the ball game, and uh, 22 out of 53 on three-point shots for the Milwaukee Bucks, even when they brought the scrubs in later on. They were hoisting them up like no tomorrow. How desperate were these guys that were uh, in the game in the fourth quarter for the Bucks to get into the box score, Louie?
3: I don't know. They were chucking up threes, and the
2: Greek kept trying them, like, and he was missing a zillion of them. Our Greek could have made a higher percentage. (laughs) He'll be coming your way at 3 o'clock this afternoon, by the way, on 940 Wins. All right, so a disastrous night for the Miami Heat. Where does that leave you on this series, Mike Luby-Lubitz? Now, we know things can reverse in a hurry in the NBA based on home court. We did not have that element, that component involved last year as the Heat absolutely embarrassed the Milwaukee Bucks in five games and forced the Bucks to uh, go ahead and make some serious changes with what in mind, Luby? Squaring off again with the Heat in the first round and trying to rub Miami's nose in what they did to him last year. That was the uh, theory that was put out there, proliferated and perpetrated by the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, a Mark Lassery, who you would have thought committed psychological suicide by feeding a line like that to the great Pat Riley, the Sigmund Freud. Of exactly. all basketball and sports, motivation. seems
3: to have uh, galvanized his team. I've never seen the Bucks look like that ever. <laughs> like that, it was like a layup line. It was like practice when you're shooting three. I, I've never seen a playoff game look like that. It was a, the second worst heat playoff loss in franchise history.
2: And I mentioned, uh, you know, not that you should feel any overwhelming amount of sympathy for a guy that works real hard like Eric Reed. But he, he could have taken not even a match, like a blowtorch to that card uh, that he had uh, that was you know going to outline the game and, and important things to bring up. And, and all they needed, I, I think Crotty actually handed Eric Reed during the course of the telecast, John Crotty, our good friend, and, and they're both outstanding guys and broadcasters. But they ended up just uh, looking constantly through the record book to see what level of magnitude of embarrassment exactly. this was for the Miami Heat. Their second-worst defeat in playoff history. And that includes, you know, I remember way back when they were taking on, like, the Chicago Bulls in the first round. uh, Bulls that had won, like, 72 games during the course of the regular season. So, uh, this was the second most embarrassing widespread lopsided game that the Heat have played in postseason history at a time where you thought, Luby, and I was with you on this. And our good friend uh, Andy and I are both in agreement that your Luby's Law from yesterday condemned the Miami Heat.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. It was the ruination, I literally gave, I'm not a fan of more victories. I think more victories are dumb, and I wholeheartedly backed a more victory for them to the point where I was confident that they were the better team going into last night, and that was definitely not the case. Ugh.
2: That was ugly. No, I'm going to assume that was an aberration, right? Your horse runs a bad one at the track, Ones runs, uh, runs a mysterious 12 without raising a gallop. And you're thinking, okay, put some blinkers on this nag, and uh, next thing you know, he's in the winner's circle. So, uh, completely uh, possible that the Heat could turn that around and play more like they did in game number one. In fact, uh, they don't even want to play like they did in game number one, because unfortunately, Bam out of Bayou and Jimmy Butler have picked. You picked a bad time to stop sniffing glue, right? They picked a bad time to go south uh, when they were both playing excellent basketball down the stretch. All right, uh, so. We'll have more on the Heat. Uh, Scoop Skullnick going to join us later on. Sean Devaney on baskets. That's right around the corner. A deal Volkswagen to Forest Files talks about a big night in sports, including the Marlins. Are, are we are we going to move away a little bit from pumping the run for 71, the deal Volkswagen campaign, which I thought was very brave on their part to take the over. We dove on it, Luby. But now we're gunning for first place, are we not? Is that enough to just beat, uh, you know, the 71 number, 70
3: and a hook? No, I, don't I think said- so. I said from the beginning, that would be a horrible year. Like, they're coming off whatever you want to call last season. There was a, a playoff run. They did win a series, and they played the Braves close. They just, you know, were outmanned by a, a more experienced ball club. Like, to win 71 games would be a horrible season. So, I, that's why I presumed they'd automatically get the 71. I wanted them to contend for a playoff spot. I didn't think they would really get it this year, but the fact they've had a decent amount of injuries yet again and have overcome them. To me, why can't they win the division? The rest, the rest of the teams in the East haven't played well. The Marlins have actually been the most consistent of all the teams so far. So why can't they make a run?
2: I believe he was hitting three hundred one, maybe at the time that this slump started, and I think he was out of the lineup with some minor injury also. But the question arises once again: more overrated, Bryce Harper, or the Stonecrab? <laughs> Harper out last night of the ball game, oh for sixteen slump he's mired in right now. That for your 30-some-odd million dollars a year. Oh, he's dangerous to pay those fat contracts. I'm telling you, Jeter's not here to be kidding around, Derek Jeter. A lot of people, uh, you know, think that he's been a little bit too uh, stern and maybe a little bit distant in his plans, but he's not here to lose. And the Marlins uh, have a decent team, and, and they're missing a lot of their key guys. And, and without deep depth, as Yogi Berra would say, you can't afford that. Sean Devaney on baskets right around the corner. A deal Volkswagen DeForest Files coming up. It's the ALT Defo Show brought to you by Altitude International, altitude-international.com for more information about this great company, revolutionizing the way games are won and sports are played. Mike Luby-Lubitz at the controls. I'm Jeff DeForest. Back in a moment on 940 Winds, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeart Radio app. Now that.
3: The time! 7.20 Just fortune were to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and a thousand natural shocks What could that have been about except Gambling. to hedge <laughs> or not to hedge? The modern day odd couple Defoe and Louis are on now. It is, of course, The Defo Show. So, Louis Law for today is, yes, being 1-0 in a series is what you look for. But if you're the Miami Heat, you're not going to see that again from Butler, Bam, or Hero. However, will you see that again from Giannis, Middleton, and Drew? I don't know. So, if I'm the Miami Heat, I'm licking my wounds, I'm shaking it off, and game two I'm excited for, I'm the Bucks. I'm a little worried, because you had the Heat where you wanted them, and you almost lost.
1: All right, welcome back to the show.
2: A technical glitch there, Madison panic, But uh, we're right back with you here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jeff DeForest, Louis Brown, Mike Luby-Lubitz, also known on his tout sheet as the Mortician. Why don't you just serve that uh, opinion up with a bombing fluid? Uh, I was inclined to, in fact, Lipschitz just called me and said, uh, don't forget, Defoe, graveyard 10 o'clock today. I had to heat with the points, which seemed like a very, Sound play uh, based on what we saw in game number one. Uh, We're joined right now by Sean Devaney, who would know better, uh, from Forbes Sports and also Heavy.com, covers the NBA, does a brilliant job. Sean, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Defoe. How are you? Did you have the benefit of being a contrarian and going against Mike Luby-Lubitz in his opinion that the Heat had scored and salvaged a moral victory in game number one? And who could have have expected that? I I certainly didn't. I, I would have to say a bludgeoning at the hand of the Bucks, with both Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler again kind of out of it, uh, did not seem like uh, it was a strong possibility. And you thought Spolstra, I mean, it looked like uh, Red Klotz coaching the Generals there. What was going on with that?
0: Yeah, uh, you, you really there was just no answers for uh, for, for everything that Milwaukee was doing. Um, you know, obviously you don't expect Bryn Forbes to, to come out and hit, you know, six out of nine, three-pointers, things like that. Uh, you know, but – This is, uh, this is, this is sort of the state of the heat and, and, you know, it's, it's not. The team that it was last year, I think there's no question about that. Even even coming in, they closed the season pretty strong. But, um, you know, Tyler Harrow has not been the same guy. Even Dragic has not been the same guy. I think they missed um, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, no, no question about that. And we saw what he did in the bubble. Um, and, you know, they they, they took the Depot gamble, which has exploded in their faces. And, and, and we saw what Olenek did down the stretch for Houston. Uh, so you know, it, kind of nothing's worked out for Miami. So uh, you know, taking the big picture view, um, you know this is this was maybe predictable. Uh, but after Game One, I did think we'd see we'd see a pretty good game in Game Two. Uh, so I, I don't think the blowout was predictable uh, either. So you know, I, I think there's a feeling on this Heat team, but at the same time, I don't think anybody expected them to play the way they did last night.
2: With the lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere. Look no further than FM Global for your commercial property insurance and risk
1: management needs. With more than 180 years of scientific research and data at our disposal, we'll work with you to engineer solutions that help protect your
2: business today so you can prosper tomorrow. You have to feel that Game 2 of the two games that have been contested so far in a series, both Bucks victories, that Game 2 was the aberration, and now the scene shifts which it did not before in the bubble when the Bucks went down at five and were handled uh, in very and relatively easy fashion by the Miami Heat. Uh, how much of a factor is it now, in your opinion? Because uh, they're going to be wild and crazy. We had a crowd last night for a hockey game that was not uh, indicative or, or reminiscent of any South Florida sports crowd, unless we're really on the bandwagon. And I would imagine uh, this arena will be rocking on Thursday night. So. How much of a differential is there since there was no home court advantage involved in the series last year, in your opinion, Sean?
0: Yeah, that's, that's going to be huge. And, 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 you know, there's already been a lot of NBA teams that have, have complained, you know, teams that, that, that can't have uh, as many fans in their building going up against teams that can uh, and, and and the advantage that that's going to give. So, uh, yeah, no, no question that Miami needs to get out of Milwaukee and needs to uh, – uh, you know regroup and this is going to be a big opportunity like like you said that they wouldn't have had in the bubble last year uh, and and you know certainly for Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, of uh, you know getting back home and and and, and getting in some familiar surroundings uh, can only make things better because it couldn't have gone worse uh, in those first two games um yeah yeah this is this is going to be uh, and, and really you got to remember that. It's not just, you know, a typical playoff thing where you're going from one to the other. You know, this is, you know, we haven't seen crowds. We haven't seen big crowds uh, uh, really all year. So the fact that you can now have them, uh, uh, you know, that's going to be a big plus for for both Miami because it's not just a couple days away from your home fans. It's really been, uh, you know, a couple years away from your home fans in the playoffs you know they, they they've not had that playoff experience for two years now and and so uh so that's that's going to be i think a huge lift for them
3: coming to you from the off least only studios we're talking to sean devaney covers the nba for a heavy.com and also contributor with forbes sports bottom him up on twitter at sean devaney and you sort of alluded to the two big names for the miami heat who did not have good games one and games two um I sort of am baffled because Jimmy Butler, before the playoffs, said the uh, he was very loud saying, I'm in just a different place right now. It's the playoff action. And it's like, well, I'd rather you be in the other place, Jimmy. Uh, what are you seeing from those two guys? And Tyler Hero as well. Tyler Hero, as a rookie, was a key cog for the Miami Heat, putting him like over 30 points in the conference championship series versus the Celtics multiple times. And all three of those guys look lost. Like, what are you seeing from those yeah. guys, and how do they get back on track as they've been so useless, really, in Game One and Game Two?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, with 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 Bam, certainly in 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 Game One, it was it was a lack of aggression. I think that that was a real uh, issue with Jimmy. It was just, you know, it just missing shots. I mean, he. he, he he got a lot of the shots that he usually gets in game one. He just was missing. You know, was he four for twenty two? Um, and you know, that's that's obviously not going to cut it. But uh, uh, you know, I I think he would have to be happy with the looks that he had, um, even though he just just wasn't making them. Uh, and then you know, I just think that they just they, they took such a roundhouse punch right out of the gate. From the from the Bucks, and I don't think you know. I think you kind to throw Game Two out because I don't think you can say strategically X's and O's. That wasn't the issue, you know. I mean, there was there was just an energy difference, uh, there was a focus difference. Uh, that that wasn't really the X's and O's. But Bam is the thing that, that that does concern me because you know he's had a thing this this whole year with his with his mid-range jumper. You know when he should take that, when he should be looking to pass from the high post, when he should be turning in and attacking the basket because he can do all things three things. Very well, uh, and I think as teams have kind of given him different looks defensively, he struggled to figure out which one he should do. You know, when should he take that mid-range jumper? When should he attack the basket? When should he look to move the ball uh, out of the high post? Uh, and 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 you kind of see him going through that in real time in the playoffs here against the Bucks defense. That's that that that's really played pretty well.
2: Sean Davaney, Forbes Sports, dot with us here on nine forty wins twelve thirty the zone around the world on the iHeart radio app real juicy slate tonight i'm looking at these three games on the schedule you have boston and brooklyn of course uh, the reassemblage of the big three who played a handful of games six or seven games during the regular season together and uh, then got together at the very end uh, looked sharp enough to handle boston in game number one lakers and phoenix and so much on the line there because the phoenix suns need to consolidate what they did in that first game And the Lakers, obviously, uh, playing with a certain element of uh, desperation here. Don't want to fall to 0-2. And And then Dallas and the Clippers. Uh, uh, Which one uh, do you pinpoint tonight as the most intriguing, as Al Bernstein, our good friend uh, on the boxing telecast, would say, uh, of these matchups? Because all three of them look like, uh, you know, very entertaining type of stuff, at least potentially.
0: Yeah, I I agree that that all three of them do have... uh uh, some pretty good storylines going. I'm I'm very curious about the Clippers uh, though because uh, I think that that's the best team in the West, and and I think that uh, the last couple of years, uh, the things that have and, and really you could you could argue <laughs> a whole decade, uh, you know, going back to when Doc Rivers first got there, uh, uh, you know, and 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 now it seems to be continuing with Ty Liu that that whatever reason it, it they seem to beat themselves they seem to have this thing between their ears that uh uh that that, that does them in all the time uh and 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 can they turn it around uh, you know they were terrible defensively against against Luka Doncic uh, in game 1 how can you possibly you know and, and Tyler said after the game that they they got confused in their coverages and they they were making mistakes in their coverages on Doncic. Like, I get confused in your coverages on Tim Hardaway Jr. Don't get confused in your coverages on Luka Doncic. You know, I mean, this is the guy you've got to be focusing on. How can this team, in the way that they're opening the playoffs, how can this team lose Luka Doncic and 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 not know that that you got to get that right? You know, so many times he was left on an island with. With Ivica Zubac, uh, you know the big guy, uh, and and he just to- toasted him. So yeah, the, the Clippers to me, they've got the talent to win a championship. I just don't know that they've got the uh, uh, the gray matter. And 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 I want to see how they respond to what happened in Game One. I think that 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 to me is the most interesting game.
2: That's kind of incredible uh, too to think about because uh, you always think of uh, Kawhi Leonard's basketball instincts as being brilliant, uh, even though. Uh, he's uh, been quiet most of his career in terms of expressing himself, but uh, you, you had to love the way this guy, uh, you know, and instinctive moves uh, that always led to wins, uh, even going back to that bouncer off the rim that that won it for Toronto. I, I think a uh, curse is in place there, though the curse of V. Stiviano. So I'm not <laughs> sure the Clippers will ever be able to shake that off. I mean, uh, she cast a pall upon upon that organization that even Steve Bombers' billions can't stop. Sean, always a pleasure. We'll look for your work. ForbesSportsHeavy.com, been uh, writing and covering the NBA for a long, long time. Uh, Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for being with us. All right, fellas. Thank you. All right, be safe, Sean. All right, thanks so much. Sean Devaney. That is a great slate tonight, huh? You want to see if the big three, and now Boston is compromised, of course, uh, without Brown in the lineup. And so uh, you're suspecting that uh, Brooklyn should be able to handle them in the series anyway. Phoenix and the Lakers. Does Devin Booker dig another dagger into the backs of Heat fans by burying the Los Angeles Lakers in game number two as he did in game number one. What do you think, Lippy?
3: I think the Lakers come out and uh, take care of that one. You talked about it. Experience says it all, where the Suns should put their foot on the throat of the Lakers. I don't think LeBron's going to let them get down 0-2, but who knows? I've been very wrong with the NBA. I'm actually shell-shocked. Yeah, yeah,
2: wait, uh, l- let me dial up lip-chips. Hey, Louie. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix. Moneyline. Uh, Clippers in Dallas. Wow. I mean, that was interesting. Sean Devaney saying the Clippers, best team in the West. You were touting that same I... theory and perpetuating this myth about the L.A. Clippers who were cursed because the worst rat in the world, Louie, is what? The telephone.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: This idiot, Donald Sterling, on the phone there with V, who's just leading him into an, uh, I mean, a blatant entrapment there. Unfortunately, with his racist comments, there was no way for the NBA to do anything but uh, go Servino on on Sterling after 30 years of his racist tendencies and say, now i got to turn my back on you. Although those are all uh, unproven uh, theories, right? We have to issue a qualifier here. We don't want to get into like a Twitter jackpot. All right, uh, back with more in a moment. A deal Volkswagen the Forest Files is on tap. Great night in South Florida sports last night. Marlins winners, the Cats, with a brilliant performance by Spencer Knight, made it 0-1 a night, and unfortunately the heat were bludgeoned. We'll talk about that in the deal Volkswagen the Forest Files. The Greek at 3 o'clock today, more Marlins baseball. Can they do it? Sisyphus syndrome, Luby. That rock is right there at the peak of the mountain. To climb to 500 and maybe climb into first place. Wouldn't that be great? Don Mattingly, Manager of the Year, back-to-back years. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. At 6.40 tonight for the first pitch. It's 7.39. Sometimes it's just about staying alive, staying alive. That story in a moment. Hi, Jeff DeForest here for the great people at Deal Volkswagen. It's springtime, and that means Anna and the gang at Deal are off to the races. The odds are you'll get a great deal at Deal Volkswagen where Anna makes buying or leasing a VW so, so easy. She has the triple crown of savings on Jetta models, Tiguan models, Atlas models, and more. You can also get 0% financing, that's a nice big round number, for up to 60 months on most new VW vehicles. That's no interest for up to five years. Across the board, Deal offers the best prices, selection, and service. Make sure you're in the money and check out the field at Deal Volkswagen. And join the winner's circle as well. Just choose your car, and Anna and the gang will take care of you. No hassles whatsoever. Visit Deal today at the classic location, 3601 Bird Road, or call 305-448-DEEL, or visit DealVolkswagen.com. And you'll be like thousands of happy customers, including me, that say it's all about the D-E-E-L. Our three major sports franchises were all in somewhat critical spots last night, and two were able to respond. Panthers were on the verge of extinction from the Stanley Cup playoffs, trailing Tampa Bay three games to one in the best of seven opener and coming off a somewhat listless effort in game five, losing for the first time in lopsided fashion to set the stage for possible elimination. Back home and in front of their largest crowd of the season, the Cats rode the wave of enthusiasm in the building and the back of goalie Spencer Knight to a must-win 4-1 victory. Knight, who had started just four games for the team during the regular season and is just 20 years old, proved to be just the stopper the club needed, as after being scored upon on the game's first lightning shot, stopped the next 36 and kept the Panthers' playoff aspirations very much alive. As discouraging as Game 5 was in Tampa, that's how gratifying this victory was, sending Florida back into the series with a shot to even things up and force what looked like an improbable Game 7 if they can repeat that performance in Tampa tomorrow night. Heat trailed Milwaukee won nothing as they took the court last night on the road for game two of their Eastern Conference opener in the chase for the Larry O'Brien. After losing a gut-wrencher in overtime in the first game, falling by a deuce at the buzzer of OT, with their top stars both having subpar shooting nights, there were those, including followers of Luby's Law, who saw that loss as somewhat of a positive. That theory caved in quickly beneath a barrage of made Milwaukee threes, and Miami limped out of the Midwest after being shellacked 132-98 by the Bucs. If the Bucks owner, Mark Lassery, had ignited a fire by saying the Bucks wanted to face Miami in round one to make amends for what happened last year in the bubble, they did more than send a message they mean business with this blowout beating. The Heat now return home for game three with far more questions than answers after this puzzling game two collapse. Finally, though not nearly as critical as the two postseason games, the Marlins again pull within one game of 500 by beating the Phillies 9-6. They leapfrog the Phils in the standings and have been playing well enough of late to not only zero in on our deal Volkswagen run for 71, but to start thinking about contending in the division. Can't help but think how much better they would be if they had their full complement of key players healthy. But for now, we're hoping this Sisyphus Syndrome ends tonight. They can even their record at 24 and 24. Jeff DeForest with the DeForest Files. This comes from the great Defo Llama. It's the bets you don't make, the chances you don't take, that can compromise an otherwise incredible life, my friend.
3: The only way to get your morning started is with Defo, joined by Luby, right here on the Defo Show.
2: The clubbing of seals, Luby. That's the only way you could describe hey. the rebounding in that ballgame. What a spanking. My God, the Heat took on the boards. I don't even have the stat in front of me. I don't need it, right? This is one of those things where you can make a judgment just based on the fact that uh, you're watching uh, the Heat on the defensive boards uh, getting crushed like a grape. Incredible. So, uh, total destruction there. And, of course, uh, raining threes for the Milwaukee Bucks who shot. uh, it, It was crazy listening to the telecast there. We love Eric Reed and, of course, John Crowdy. They do a great job. But what do you do? I mean, you take a blowtorch to your your game card there with your game notes on it, uh, things that you might bring up during the course of the game that would be relevant, and all you have to do is get out the record book for infamy. That's the worst beating since Ronnie and sent Ronnie Cycli and company out there. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you talking about? No, that was ugly. All right, so uh, was that the aberration game, Luby? I want to think yes to that. And that the other game, an so. indicator that the Heat, while having an off night, still could hang with the Milwaukee Bucks. We shall see. We're coming back with more. Uh, We have many things to do here on the program. Harvey Fialkov going to join us here. Uh, I'm sure he'll be all in on this Panther conversation because he loves a good hockey debate. And Joel Quenville, drawing the right card there, huh? That's when you're down to your last buck and you finally hit 21, even though uh, you're drawing and hitting on 16 against the king. You're thinking, wow, pull that out of my fanny. And uh, Quenville put Spencer Knight in there. He... Was that a Star Is Born? Are we going Lady Gaga on this
3: kid? What do you think? I hope so. Uh, just before we go, I have to throw this in there: the Bucks rebounded the Heat, sixty-one to thirty-six, almost two to one.
2: It was a joke. I mean, that's and so a lot bad. of that effort. Yeah. And the only guy that was playing was Dead Man Walking, and everybody else was a Dead Man Walking, literally, uh, for the most part. And that Heat came last night. Now they were, you know, pounded early on, down thirty-eight fourteen. But usually an NBA team will. At some point, raise a gallop, no? Maybe yeah, cut they one make of those They
3: made not one run. Not one run. Yeah, you're
2: thinking, okay, get it down to 20 here at the end of three, and, you know, you might have a half a shot to put a scare into them. You're probably not going to win the game, but might cut it to a nine or something like that, somewhere around midway through the quarter. And all of a sudden, you got the Bucs uh, having to rely on their playoff savvy, which hasn't been all that great, as witnessed last year when they <coughs> – It was like the soundtrack on that smoking commercial, right, where they're telling you not to smoke cigarettes anymore. (laughs) All right, we're coming back with more in a moment. It's the ALT Depot Show brought to you by Altitude International. I want to get into this uh, real briefly before we uh, get out of the top of the hour here, but uh, we'll come back to it. Uh, Never stop being yourself. And I think this applies in this case uh, based on what happened in the PGA tournament to our good friend, the Greek, who will be coming your way at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Never stop being yourself. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Marlins baseball later on as well. The Marlins are now winners of five of six. They're trying. I mean, they could get into first place tonight, I think. It's 7.52. Let's go to Margie. Margie, you're on 940 wins.
3: What is your name? Because I keep forgetting.
2: My name is Jeff. Jeff? Yes.
3: Start your day with a cup of Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show.
2: You think the great Eric Spolstra felt a little bit like Red Klotz last night? Yes. Luby. Of course, Klotz, uh, the longtime uh, comedic figure, that was the coach of the Washington Generals, who were, what, one and like, 8,056? Something like that in their uh, lifetime uh, playing against the Globetrotters. But that's what it looked like last night. I I was waiting for uh, the Greek to throw a bucket of confetti into the crowd, no? Or have they... uh, Free throw, yeah, like come like back to him on a rubber band. A
3: parade for a title, the way that game was going.
2: Yeah. Such ugliness as the maitre d' at the Dharma Grab restaurant I worked at many years ago on a Sunset Strip, would say, whenever he escorted a uh, team uh, yeah, quartet of farmers over to your table to sit next to your several movie stars. All right, uh, we're, we're coming back with more those guys. The dentists from Encino are particularly cheap also. We're coming back with more here in a a moment on the ALT Defoe Show. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Lubitz. Harvey Fiakoff coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Brett Tesser, the agent to the stars, and no-show Aaron Rodgers at the uh, optional team activities or whatever that is, OTAs. And uh, sure enough, uh, that uh, sparked a little uh, speculation that maybe he's uh, a little upset. Scoop Skolnick later on. Craig Minervini as well. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time... It's 7.59.
1: plus.